is Reset. I'm Susie on in for Sasha Ann Simons. As abortion access hangs in the balance nationwide, we're taking a look back at the work of an underground network of women known as the Jane Collective, specifically the two main Southside buildings they operated out of during 1972. At the time, abortion was illegal, and the group moved their secret abortion clinic to the 11th floor of a modern lakefront high-rise on South Shore Drive. This location was known as The Place. The other was The Front, about six blocks away. It's where people seeking abortions were interviewed and where their loved ones could wait for them during the procedure. Here to tell us more is Reset Architecture Sleuth, Dennis Rodkin. Hey, Dennis. Hi, Susie. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, first, how did these buildings come across your radar? Well, you know, the the group, Jane, which was also which was officially called the Abortion Counseling Service of Women's Liberation, has been written up quite a bit. They had an anniversary in uh, 2019 because they were founded in in 1969. And of course, with all all the discussion of Roe versus Wade in recent months, they came back into the news. Uh, And you often hear they were operating on the south side. And I thought it might be interesting to find out specifically where. So tell us more about how the Jane Collective operated out of these two buildings. You know, they are a fascinating group. There's a, a book from uh, 1995 written by a woman who had been sort of peripherally involved. And um, she in, interviewed a lot of the people and really gives you sort of a play-by-play. It's fascinating. These are women who, this was a very radical act. As you said, yeah. abortion was illegal. And these are women who who felt, as the book says, that people who are concerned about abortion should be providing the abortions. None of these women had medical training. Originally, they were contracted with a man they thought was a physician, turned out not to be, to do the abortions in secret in their facilities. And over time, they learned the, the skills from him. And by the time they moved to the primary building we're talking about in January 1972, again, they'd been operating since 1969, by the time they move into this building in 1972, the abortions are actually being performed by members of Jane, uh, who, again, had no medical uh, training except having watched and, and assisted in previous abortions with this man. And um, they, because they felt that this was a very radical act of women's empowerment. If we're going to control our bodies, we should control this, yeah. uh, this procedure as well. Um, so we mentioned that uh, this kind of underground system took place during 1972. How long did the arrangement last? Well, so from 1969 until the end of 71, they had, as you mentioned, the place and the front, or I should say the front, because that's essentially the intake place. It was an apartment on Ellis Avenue in Hyde Park where you would go for your interview and to be prepared, and um, any loved ones who came with you would wait there, and then you'd go to the place called The Place, which originally was an apartment on Hyde Park Boulevard, uh, which was about six blocks away. But then in January 1972, they move into this building on South Shore Drive, uh, the 11th floor apartment. It's about two and a half miles from the front. And so what happens is you show up at the front. Uh, there are some interviews and that sort of thing. You've already done other intake. This mm-hmm. is not, I mean, this is on the day of the abortion. You show up at the front and somebody uh, confidentially drives you to the place on South Shore Drive, and that's where the abortion is performed. And then when that's done and when you've recuperated, you're driven back to the the front, the apartment on Ellis Avenue. And so then for neighbors around, it just looked like people going in and out of their apartment buildings. 
Yeah, well, so it's on an 11th floor. It's in an 11th floor apartment. I there's there is an indoor parking garage now. I assume there was in uh, 1972, and I think you know it would look like several women walking down the hall. Uh, so uh, eventually, someone tipped them off to the police. Um, who tipped them off, and and what happened to the women? who were eventually arrested. Well, what's believed, uh, there are a whole lot of accounts in this book I mentioned in Tribune articles, but it seems that the consensus is the sister-in-law of a woman who had had an abortion with Jane. Jane was a very secret sort of an organization, all primarily spread by word of mouth, although they had business cards that said, call Jane, that sort of thing. You'd get a call from a woman. You'd, You'd get a message that just said, Jane called sort of a generic female name they could use. Um, But one woman, apparently, uh, whose sister-in-law had had an abortion through Jane, went to the police. And so then the the police are staking out both of these buildings, the front on Ellis and the place on South Shore Drive. And eventually they, the police, on uh, May 3rd, 1972, the police break it up. They show up in the building. Uh, They, one of the founders of Jane is walking down the hall and uh, they sort of interact with her and confirm what they're after, go into the apartment, and they find uh, – th- they later reported that there that 23 women had had abortions in the apartment that day. Seven more were waiting. When the police came in, there were two women in beds recuperating oh, wow. from their procedures. Uh, several The women who had uh, who had received abortions were sent to a hospital, but seven members of Jane – were arrested either in the building on South Shore or in the building on Everett. And and so the women who are arrested, uh, their cases were still pending the next year when uh, Roe v. Wade decision came down. Um, what happened to them? Their cases were dismissed. It's, it's sort of interesting when you read, it sounds as if uh, they were uh, strategic stall tactics. Let's wait because we, something seems to be changing. But really, uh, as they're working their way through the courts, so let's give a little timeline. They move into the South Shore building in January 1972. In May 1972, they're arrested. In January 1973, the Roe versus Wade decision is handed down by the Supreme Court. So there's really, you know, there's six, seven months between their arrest and Roe v. Wade, and that's when their cases are dismissed. So uh, the secret abortion clinic... um, or the building on South Shore Drive. It was only a, a couple of years old when they started uh, the procedures there. Who designed the building? You know, this is interesting. This would be a building we might cover just for its architecture. Hmm. Um, there's an architect many people know, a pioneering black architect named uh, John Mutusami, who designed, among other things, the, the building that most people know is the Ebony Jet Building on South Michigan Avenue. He designed this and two other high-rises or mid-rises on South Shore Drive. Uh, This one is essentially the middle. This is in the 7200 block. There's one in the 67 and one in the 7300 block, all done by him. Um, And it's this really interesting modernist building. It's connected to this pioneering architect. It's uh, it's a, a modernist building with an exposed grid with the windows inset, which is to say you see the structure and the windows are are sort of set inside. Uh, real classic Chicago modernist building and right and and part of Mutusami's works, but then it has this other historical distinction. And so, does the apartment building look the same today? I believe it does. Well, yes, the exterior does. Um, it. 
Yes, the the exterior has not changed. The inside has been renovated multiple times, including very recently. When it was built, it was called the Michigan Beach Apartments. It's now called Water's Edge. It's it's still rentals. And um, I did not go inside. I don't know which unit on the 11th floor is the one. Um, and I didn't go inside. But when you look at the listings for the renovated apartments, they don't look like 1972. I think probably everything has changed. Though the, the basic layout, I would imagine, mm-hmm. would be the same. I mean, is there any way, uh, you know, folks would be able to tell that there is a historic tie to this building? I think only through us, Susie. I mean, (laughs) there's not a plaque. There's no commemoration. I sort of rooted out the address out of old newspaper articles and things like that. I think if you were to put a plaque, it it would be quite divisive because, as we know, the question of abortion is very divisive. Um, but I, but I think among other things, people could go to the piece we're going to put on uh, the website, and they'd see the building, and then go there. Well, as we wrap up here, you did quite a bit of research on the Jane Collective for your reporting. Was there anything that surprised you? Well, I was just fascinated to find when you read this book, it's really interesting to find that. Uh, so Jane kind of grows out of a bunch of women from the University of Chicago. And it really was, looking back at it, you would think, oh, that was a very radical feminist act. But at the time, they were saying, this is a very radical feminist act. This was a highly political idea that many of them had. And as you read the book, you find some women weren't quite into it. And so they sort of filtered off into the distance. But those who were involved really felt we are empowering ourselves. We are empowering the women who get the abortions. We're empowering the the families and loved ones of those people. So they really, I mean, they were doing this for a, a highly political reason at the time. That's Crane Chicago business residential real estate reporter Dennis Rodkin. You can read this story about the Jane abortion locations at WBEZ.org. And if you have a building you'd like him to investigate, leave us a voicemail with some details at 888-915-9945. That's 888-915-9945. Thanks so much, Dennis. Thanks, Susie. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.